Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 109. And today we are doing the very highly requested topic of Tiger King. Oh, yeah. Joe Exotic. And all the weirdness behind all the weird people in that documentary. Oh, oh my God. It's it probably is. one of the craziest stories out there. I it th- feel really like. is. So many Seven pieces to it. And all of it's insane. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. It's definitely insane. Lots of stuff going on with it for sure. Lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. But before we get into Tiger King and all of that madness, we've got some other topics to get through as well. We also want to thank our sponsors today, Postmates, Cosbox, Stamps.com, and AMC Shutter. For supporting the show. Really appreciate it. So for intro topics this week, we wanted to kind of change it up a little bit. I know we are really feeling anxious about the virus. We're, you know, getting a little burnt out talking about it, hearing about it, and a lot of you are as well. So we thought we would take a break this week. There's not too much going on regarding that as far as new news. Numbers are going up. We're running out of machines and masks and It's not a good situation. So it feels a little depressing, I guess, to continue talking about it. So we thought for this week, we would take a little break and bring you guys some feel-good intro topics. Yeah, which I think is important, especially right now. It's just like, it's getting heavy. I need it. (laughs) And yeah, we just need a break from it. So there's a couple little stories of, of good things that are happening during this difficult time. And the first story we've got is about a dog, actually, named Mm -hmm. Sunny, who has been helping his owner take care of her neighbor who is an elderly woman Mm -hmm. and she actually trained her dog Sunny because she wanted to find a way to help her neighbor out who has been on oxygen for a long time as underlying health conditions so it's very dangerous for somebody like that to go out in public right now and get the essentials that they need so and obviously you don't want to put them at risk by exposing yourself to them because you don't know if you could be carrying it since we don't know you know there can be no symptoms and there's not enough testing to ensure everyone doesn't have it. So a dog is perfect. Yeah, right? it really is. So Sunny, the golden retriever, her owner is Karen Eveleth and she, her neighbor's named is Renee Hellman and Renee is 71 years old. And so she has trained her dog, Sunny to bring her neighbor food, like bags of food and groceries and things like that. So she'll like give her dog the yeah. bag and it'll carry it in its mouth yeah. next door to mm-hmm. the, uh, to Renee and and give it to her, which is really cool, as well as the mail, which is pretty cool. So it's really awesome and creative. If you have an obedient dog that would actually listen, our dog would absolutely destroy any type of food. You give him food, him. he would immediately it would be rip all it apart. over the place. He'd eat it. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way. But yeah, golden retrievers are awesome. Yeah, so loyal and easy so to train cute. too, especially to do stuff like that. Yeah, there's a little video of it that we just wanted to share because it's very heartwarming. It is. Good boy. That's Sunny, the seven-year-old golden retriever turned delivery dog. She got the list. She gave it to Sunny. Sunny brought it to me. I went to the store, got her her groceries, and he delivered them all to her. He's been making trips back and forth from his house to his neighbors since the coronavirus outbreak started weeks ago. What a wonderful thing. Just a sweet thing. So we started doing the schlepping <laughs> back and forth. And it's been fun. It's been a, a real treat. Who's a good boy? Little things like Sonny coming over to visit is nice. And it makes you feel good. And it's a way of communicating. Anybody can do something so small that could be so helpful. And Sonny also gets the mail for everyone. And he also picks up trash around the neighborhood when he's out on his walks. That is so cool. 
And I think dogs love to feel useful, you know, especially certain breeds like to do work. Yeah. I like to have a job. Yeah. And why not? And it make... cheers her up. Good situation all around. Yeah. Good neighbor too. Yeah. Especially in these times, you know, yeah. you want to step yeah. up and for do what sure. you can for the people around you if you can. Especially the elderly. Absolutely. But the next story is another sort of positive story as a result of this global pandemic that's going on. And one of the benefits that this is having is with the planet and the climate specifically. We've talked about this before, but the climate has gotten sort of a break from all of the human activity. And because of this, and because we're all locked down right now and not out, you know, enjoying the world and traveling and going on vacation and visiting beaches and things like that, the sea turtles are going to be able to lay more eggs than they've been able to lay for a very long time in India. They could lay up to 60 million eggs this year, which the sea turtle is an endangered species. So this is huge that they're going to have an opportunity to hopefully create a lot of new offspring than they previously are able to because there's not going to be a bunch of human activity on the beach that they lay their eggs on. Well, that's normally the biggest threat to them other than predators and everything else. And that's why they normally have wildlife experts sealing off, you know, nests and stuff. And, but people still mess with them, unfortunately. Well, yeah. And there's only so many of those people. They can only protect so many. So yeah, people are dumb on the beach and just think that they can fuck with wildlife. Yeah. I mean, we got really lucky, like right before all this happened, we had, we happened to be in Hawaii and we got to see one. I got to see one of these giant sea turtles for the first time. Yeah. Well, it's interesting in Hawaii, the turtles there specifically come out onto the shore and lay there and take naps on the beach. And it's Mm -hmm. no other breeds of turtles do that. I don't think so. Yeah. We got to see them, but at first we were worried something was wrong with it because it was just laying there. Yeah. yeah, there was a wildlife person there making sure everyone stayed six feet back. But that uh, that isn't always the case. Sometimes people just come across a turtle and right. start petting it or mess with the eggs or do who knows what. And that's the biggest threat to them being able to continue their species. Right. And on this particular India beach or Indian beach, they have issues with people, not only tourists coming on there and disrupting the, the nests and stuff, because they only have like 20 people for all this area of land right. of beach. Uh, to protect and so tourists fuck with the turtles and Mm -hmm. then poachers come in and take eggs and then sell them in markets Mm -hmm. and things like that so it's been it's going to be a better year for them because all of the wildlife professionals are going to be able to not have to worry about all the crowds of people and they'll be able to protect the turtles a lot better than they normally can Mm -hmm. which will mean more turtles will hopefully make it back out into the wild and help this endangered species carry on so yeah and we you know talked about last week how we're seeing some positive effects when it comes to climate change of us all being stuck inside our houses. So I feel like what we're coming to the conclusion is that we are a nuisance to our planet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can deny that we are not having an effect on the planet because it's very obvious. I mean, look at China, they were shut down and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the skies cleared and all that pollution and smog Mm -hmm. moved out and, and clearly you know, who's making the pollution and smog. We are. So it just shows us that this planet will correct itself after we're gone. And that nature is going to be okay. And that animals are going to be okay. They're going to be able to Mm -hmm. survive this, but we may not. not, Yeah. Right. Anyway, there's your positive news. (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of a transition into this last story because it's a definitely a serious and not really positive at all, but, but huge, very big. So 
the Kennedy family had another tragedy hit them. And if you're not familiar, we have done episodes on the Kennedy curse. Um, a lot of people believe that there's a curse on the Kennedy family because they've had so many deaths in their family and a lot of freak accidents and things that are just unnatural and then tons of miscarriages and children dying and disease and just misfortune overall. And this is just another example of a freak accident that has happened to another Kennedy. Yeah, it's it's really crazy to think about. I mean, all of these things that have happened to them, it does make you wonder if there's something else going on or mm-hmm. something more at play here because, yeah, it's really crazy. So Maeve Kennedy Townsend McKean, who's the granddaughter of Senator Robert F. Kennedy and her eight-year-old son, Gideon, have been presumed dead after the canoe that they were paddling in in the Chesapeake Bay apparently capsized this past Thursday. So what happened was is that they were playing outside and I guess the ball went into the bay. Yeah. And so the mother and the son got into the canoe and paddled after it. But the weather that day was not good at all. So there was 25 mile hour winds and three, four foot waves in the bay. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the canoe capsized. And It seems very weird that they would make the choice to go after a ball or that it could have gotten bad enough or they were far enough out where they could yeah. have had such a tragic accident. And nobody would have seen them or been able to like swim out and help them. Yeah. Like how far did this ball go out? Sounds kind of suspicious. It does a little bit. Or how good of a ball was it f- to where you were like, okay, it's getting a little sketch. Let's to just risk our yeah, lives. screw it. Let's just go get a different ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. It's very weird. Like it's very weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is such a, like you said, a freak accident mm-hmm. and it's just a weird mother and son. Yeah. Over a ball. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre. The canoes t- do tip really easily, and they did find a canoe that they're not sure is theirs, but it matches the description. Yeah, it matches the description. And you know, if someone, if the canoe comes back and they don't, yeah, and they haven't found their bodies yet or anything, but they've yeah. presumed them dead. So, just really sad. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, the amount of just tragedy that struck this family is just insane. Yeah, and it, it definitely makes you wonder: is there something more mm-hmm. happening? If you believe in curses and that type of thing. Absolutely. This family has just been through endless shit. I know. I feel like it's just so year accidents. after year. and Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Normally people don't have that many of that type of accident in their family. No. And I mean, I mean, obviously there's a lot, you know, people would chalk this up to just coincidence and, you know, they just so happen that this keeps happening to them. But yeah. it seems like they really could be cursed or something. That's it's just crazy. like the more it happens, the more you believe it. Like right. Someone else passed away a year or so ago. I don't remember exactly the details around it, but there was another Kennedy who passed away as well. So, And the fact that it seems to extend into all of the yeah, extended like family, the if you're just related to, because the, the woman is the grandniece of JFK. Mm. So directly linked to them. But yeah, it's just bizarre and sad. It is. But let's get into Tiger King because we got so much to cover so much just craziness to talk about. Yeah, and of course, this is a huge spoiler alert. We're going to be exposing everything in the documentary in this. So if you want to be surprised and watch it on your own for the first time, I wouldn't continue in this episode or like come back to it after you've watched it because this is really a conversation for people who've watched this. This has become such a phenomenon. It I really think, has. Especially because we're all, you know, in isolation and bored. Like everyone's on Netflix. I wonder if it would have such a boom without this whole time you yeah, know, yeah, you like wonder this? that. Yeah, yeah. honestly, because I think it would because it's just such a crazy story. The internet is obsessed with it. Like I've gotten so many requests to talk about it 
we just knew we had to. And then we watched it this week. We got through it pretty fast, like two nights. We binged the whole thing. And it was just fascinating. Like, unbelievable. It really is. It's a crazy, crazy story. So it let's, really is. let's get into it. But before we do, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. I don't know about you guys, but I love watching a good horror movie. I was super excited to discover Shudder because Shudder is the premium streaming video service for all things horror, thriller, supernatural movies, and they have original shows on there. So if you're into that kind of stuff, Shudder is definitely where it's at. Shudder actually just released an original series called Cursed Films, which I'm really excited about. And the first episode on The Exorcist was super interesting. What's great about Shudder is you can watch it on literally any device from iPhone to iPad to your Apple TV, Google Chromecast, Amazon Fire, Roku. It's literally on all platforms, so you can watch it across all devices. Shudder has a very extensive and unique collection of exclusive and original films and series horror classics and blockbuster hits. It's literally the Netflix and horror and you can enjoy all of this for just $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. You can try Shudder for 30 days if you go to Shudder.com and use promo code MILEHIGHER. Try Shudder for free for 30 days. Go to S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and use the promo code MILEHIGHER and you get 30 days for free. Definitely check that out today. So I am really into subscription boxes and recently I have found my new favorite box and it's called Causebox. Causebox is a quarterly subscription box so it comes four times a year and it's a box that's curated for women by women and it's filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, or have a positive mission to give back and make the world a better place. Every cause box is limited edition and comes with six to eight full-size products, which Janelle will be displaying in the background if you are watching here on YouTube. And you will get everything from skincare to jewelry to homewares and accessories. She's showing the bento box, that is right, a reusable bento box. And the coolest thing about it is you get over $250 worth of product for only $50. This month, we also got a Pure Cosmetics 4-in-1 Correcting Primer. And Pure Cosmetics is a great brand. It also came with a jade roller, which is awesome for skincare and relaxation. And the best part is we got our listeners a discount. Just go to causebox.com slash milehigherpodcast and use the code milehigherpodcast to get 30% off your first Causebox. That means your box that's worth over $250 will be less than $39. So go check out Causebox right now. I can tell you firsthand, you're going to love it. All right, so let's get into the Tiger King, aka Joe Exotic. His real name is Joseph Allen Maldonado Passage. That's his Mary name. <laughs> Everyone in this but whole documentary has crazy names pretty much. I like to call him Crazy Joe. I mean, he is he's a crazy individual. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about all things that have happened in the documentary. But we also have some information as well that wasn't in the documentary that is also very interesting about Joe's life and his background. Because I think it's important before you judge the entire situation, I think it's important to have sort of all the facts and the, the full story so that you can make your own opinion. I mean, for some people, it's not going to be very hard to make an opinion about Joe or yeah. this crazy story well, at all. People seem to be super opinionated about Joe, like either way, either people really like him or they really hate him. Or I guess some people are just kind of in the middle. And that's where I seem to be like, Joe's a really interesting character. He has one of the most interesting personalities. He really is. I mean, that's the best way to put it. He's a personality for yes, sure. He's a total character. He's almost like a YouTuber before YouTube started in a way. Like he's been filming everything forever. He's this really likable person in a way. Like he's entertaining. Maybe not likable is the word, but just 
intriguing. It's like a train wreck. You can't even look away from him. He's just so out there, so bizarre, and so confident in himself. And I think that's why it's kind of hard to look at him yeah. in a negative light. But this guy, mm, this is one shady ass dude. Oh, yeah. There's so many things that he does. Yes. But before we get into everything, I wanted to just allow you to listen to him talk. Because if you haven't seen this, and this is your first time ever hearing about Joe Exotic, before we go into all the details about Mm -hmm. his history and everything, you got to just hear this guy talk. And if you're watching, see him so that you can really get a good picture of who this individual is. So we'll go in and just play a little clip of from his YouTube channel. Actually, he had Joe Exotic TV. And so we'll play a little clip of him just talking so that you can get an idea of what Joe Exotic's all about. Welcome to the GW Exotic Animal Park. I'm Joe Exotic and this is Sarge. And we'd like to welcome you to one of the world's largest accredited rescue facilities for exotic animals. Here you'll find almost 170 big cats and almost 128 other species. Be sure and sign up for the Animal Adventure Endangered Tour here at the Animal Park, a tour of your lifetime, where you'll spend two hours touring the park and getting up close and personal like this with cats and other animals that you'll never see anywhere else. So be sure and stop by and visit me and Sarge and the other animals here at the GW Exotic Animal Park. And we'll see you then. So Joe Exotic has this whole YouTube channel. You can go see it. It's Joe Exotic TV. And that's why I mentioned that he's kind of like a YouTuber ahead of his times because he's been filming everything just on a janky old camera forever and uploading it to the internet for not many people to watch. Like he would do this like weekly live stream and like 80 people would be on at a time. But he has so much out there. And Joe is really, in a way, like a... He seems like he's trying to be kind of like Steve Irwin. Like, that's how he wants to be seen. Like an animal advocate and uh, educator and rescuer. Right, initially. Initially, that was his intentions, or it seemed. But, like... Yeah, do we really know? Shit gets crazy Mm -hmm. over the years. And he gets very poisoned, in a way, by money and industry and the realities of people keeping exotic animals in this country and how out of control it is. Right. And he gets roped into all of that. Right. When at one point he was kind of an advocate for animals. He really was. Mm-hmm. Or at least he acted like he was. It's mm-hmm. hard to say what he was doing behind the scenes though because he's so, he's got like split personalities. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So like just to paint a picture for those just listening, he's a Caucasian guy who has like a mullet haircut. He's blonde. I think he dyes it blonde. He's like a blonde mullet. He's got piercings. Um, got a serious mustache all the way down his face. Dresses kind of like a cowboy. Kind Yeah, kind of like a rock star cowboy. He's like, yeah. like kid rock. Kind of like meets. Elton John. Yeah, mm, a little bit, yeah. But like more Western looking. But like a lot more Western. Yeah, like a yeah. Western Elton John. Well, yeah, and eventually like his style continues to progress over the years. And eventually he's wearing sparkly tops and hot pink tops. And he's like all about his appearance. He's very much about his mm-hmm. appearance. Or he'll dress up in the American flag and... He sells merch and he's just, yeah, he's kind of like an influencer. Like he's all about people liking him and how he's perceived and like building fans in a way. And he's, he's got such a narcissistic personality. Huge ego. Pretty much everyone in this documentary, sadly, (laughs) is a huge narcissist. Yeah, pretty much. So let's talk about Joe's history and like kind of where he came from. Cause there's a lot of interesting things that didn't make it into the docuseries itself about Joe's background. Like how did... Joe become Joe exotic and this private zoo owner and how did he even get into big cats? Like what was his journey to the point that we saw in this docuseries? Cause the docuseries only covered about six years 
of Joe's life and the, the zoo and everything like that. So it's not a like a real comprehensive look into the history of Joe Exotic. So Joe Exotic's real full name is Joe Schreibvogel. Very tricky to pronounce, so I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But he was born on March 5th, 1963 in Garden City, Kansas, which makes him 57 years old today. And long before he became Joe Exotic or the Tiger King or a private zoo owner, he was actually a pet store owner, which I'll talk about more in a minute. But actually in 1982, at the age of 19, he graduated from Pilot Point High School and was named police chief of Eastvale, which is a small, small, teeny, tiny town. That's like, so insane. I mean, at that young, becoming a police chief. Yeah, I can't how does that even Joe happen? Exotic as a fucking police chief. Oh, I know, right? What the hell? It's a town. I'm of surprised s- they didn't mention that in the documentary. Right? It's like, well, they had so much. That's the thing is, they already packed so much into that seven episodes. They would have had to extend it even more. Oh, they could have ran like seasons of that shit. Like, oh, I'm so I'm many sure they were episodes. like, this is gold. As they started working on it and realizing how much footage there is and how deep this goes and all the different people, I'm sure they were like, wow, we really like hit the jackpot here with this documentary. Cause yeah. I think they're probably working on a part two. Well, they're working on a movie now. Oh, they are? Okay, yeah. So they are. Yeah. They're working on <laughs> a movie. More has happened since this all came out and we'll explain, but. And I mean, that's like movie gold, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't cover the fact that he was a fucking yeah. police chief. He's a small town police chief. Can you imagine? No, <laughs> I can't. That's insane. At a young age too, like in the 80s. And the town that he was a police chief of was like just in total ruin too. So it's yeah. not like it was a lot of competition competing for to become the police chief. But that's like where he kind of got his start. And then eventually he left law enforcement after he had an incident that nearly cost him his life actually. He said that he was critically injured during a drug investigation when someone forced his car off a bridge. Oh my gosh. And as a result of this, he was in a coma for nine days and suffered broken bones in his back, right arm, right leg, ribs, shoulder, and nose. I remember nose. him talking about this, though. Right, this but here's the thing. It was, but in the docuseries, he doesn't say it was this, what I just described. Yeah. He says it was something else that. completely. Yeah, he did. What yeah. did he say it was? He said it was a suicide attempt, remember? Oh, yeah, that he jumped off a bridge because his parents were... He, like, drove off a bridge or something. accepting of him for being gay. Right. Mm, so he completely made that up. Well, we don't know. That's the thing is both of these, like... He jumped off really during know. a drug investigation. Because during his time in law enforcement. So it could be that he didn't want people to know he was oh, in law enforcement. Okay. So then he made up Maybe the that's it. suicide attempt. But at the same time, we don't really know... Which story is true? Interesting. Yeah, isn't can't that? trust Joe, man. No, you really can't. So after this accident, obviously he can't do, you know, it really fucked him up physically. Yeah. His body, he's wearing brace, you know, a brace on his leg, and, and he's definitely not in the same physical shape anymore. So that's when he went to work at Pet Safari, which is a pet store in Arlington, Texas, that he eventually bought. So that's really where he kind of got his got start. start with animals was as a pet store owner. And in this city, though, he was often targeted because he would put up United, like the flag of the United States with rainbow stripes and he'd hang rainbow bunting and stuff. And he would get he would be like discriminated against by the city. He was for doing this. issued actual citations 18 times. Yeah, that's crazy because he was gay. That's terrible. So this is and this was brought up a little bit like he really struggled with. He did. I mean, he 
Texas, Oklahoma, yeah. and especially being in the, the industry that he's in definitely is difficult at that time. Joe definitely alluded to this discrimination in the docuseries about him being openly gay. I mean, he's living and working and owning a business in Texas, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, and he grew up in a more conservative house as well. And he said that his dad, when he told him that he was gay, said made him shake his hand and promised to not come to his funeral. Yeah, like, God, it's crazy, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's true, because now I don't know what I believe about Joe as far as his stories, but it seemed like he was, uh, when really went through the ringer when it came to his sexuality and how Definitely. he was accepted and went through a ton of discrimination. Definitely a major obstacle for him to overcome mm-hmm. in his life and mm-hmm. constantly facing that judgment and discrimination by people. So after Joe owns his pet store, he actually had a brother who was already in the animal business and had the sanctuary going or had the like a zoo type situation going. And he died tragically in a car accident, I believe. And Joe told, you know, in memory of his brother, said that he was going to continue the mission and, you know, continue making this animal sanctuary and kind of continue on his brother's legacy. So that's when he went moved to Oklahoma and began working at the zoo that we see in the docu-series. Mm-hmm. So that leads us to an event in February of 1999 when animal welfare investigators mm-hmm. found a flock of unnourished emus along with dozens of dead birds and were like, we need to do something with these birds. So Joe offered to have the animals come and live at his Oklahoma sanctuary, mm-hmm. which he now worked at and took over from his parents. But unfortunately, rounding up a bunch of emus is pretty difficult. I mean, these are big birds. If you've had, we've been around emus before. Yeah, they are. They can be really aggressive and scary. They can run at you. And they have huge talons on their yeah. on their feet too. Like they yeah. they can really fuck you up if they want to. Mm-hmm. So the next day after trying to round these emus up to bring them to the sanctuary, people and police were shocked when Joe and another man were out in the field shooting these emus and killing them with a shotgun. And Joe explained that it was more humane than putting them through the ordeal of being captured and moved. Really? Yeah. He went out and just shot a bunch of emus. That doesn't sound more humane. Right. But because they're considered livestock, they're allowed to be killed humanely? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, he didn't kill all of them, but the remaining of them went to live with some ranch owner, and Joe never faced any animal cruelty charges for this. But... After this incident, it really hurt his pet store business because he, I mean, they made a big deal about this. I mean, he was in the paper and everything and a lot of people were really upset by this because why, like Mm -hmm. why, why do you need to go out and shoot them, you know, with a shotgun? So that's after this incident happened is when he actually decided to leave the pet store behind and then work full time at the, the animal sanctuary and start, you know, building the zoo. So Joe opened the GW Animal Park in 1999, and this park sits on 16 acres, which is a decent amount of land, but honestly, it's really not that much land when you consider how many animals that he had there. He had over 200 big cats at one time, including tigers, lions, ligers, so tiger-lion mix, mountain lions, any type of big cat you could possibly think of, panthers. I mean, he had everything there. Mm -hmm. Over 50 species of animals all lived together in this 16-acre exotic animal park that is so insane yeah that's just so many animals to take care of 200 big cats right that's ridiculous well it seems like joe you know initially i think 
it is trying to say because like there's all these cats that people so i guess we should i guess we should explain the issue and the reason why he acquired so many Mm -hmm. is one there's a lot of people that buy big cats Mm -hmm. when they're cubs and then they grow up really quickly Mm -hmm. and then now you have this adult beast of an animal living in your house with you and I think they said that like at six months they can take your finger off or something. Like yeah. it's really not that much time from the. No, they can be totally, they can destroy you if they wanted to. They could kill you yeah, if easily. they wanted to. But yeah, it's, it's bizarre. There's a huge amount of people in the United States and around the world, but mainly in the United States that have exotic animals like this. And there's actually more um, tigers and I think it's just, is it just big cats or tiger? I think it's tigers specifically that are in captivity yeah. and are in the, the wild. wild yeah. Like there's 4,000 in the wild and 10,000 more mm-hmm. in captivity because we're breeding them. People are keeping them as pets. Um, and some people are keeping them as pets, like in regular ass houses. Mm-hmm. It's illegal, but some people do it or it depends on where you're living. Depends on where you live. There's like, some states where it's still legal to have Remember a, my neighbor? Like I lived in a really like suburban neighborhood as a kid. And one of our neighbors, like across the street in the neighborhood next to us, had a tiger. Like someone called the police because they saw this like Siberian tiger looking out the fucking window at the neighborhood at like people driving by. Oh. Just in their house. Like they don't even have a big yard space or anything. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah, it was insane. I think, and it makes you wonder why. Like, why are mm-hmm. people getting these animals full, full well off. knowing that this is a ginormous cat that could kill you mm-hmm. real easily? Like, and they're why? just not supposed to be kept. That's not how they're supposed to be no. living their lives. No. No, these animals are huge, and they're meant to roam large areas of land and have huge territories and hunt. And this has brought up a huge debate beyond you know with people all over the internet about what is okay when it comes to keeping animals exotic animals and what's not and you know questioning some of these places that allow you to come in and play with them and pet them and you know whether or not they're in cages like most sanctuaries most good sanctuaries are completely free roam there's tons of space there's no cages like here in colorado we have one we have the uh some it's a some type of wildlife rescue will you look it up i forget the name of it but it has hundreds of acres mm-hmm. for these animals and for their environments to yeah. and habitats to be. And, yeah, and they have bears and they actually have a ton of the like 50 different tigers from Joe Exotic. Yeah, I think it's like 30 or 40 of them. How they ended up with them. But okay, it's called the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Keensburg, Colorado. We haven't had a chance to visit it. And right now you can't really leave your house, but eventually I would love to go there. Because they're an example of someone or a place that's doing it right. And there's a lot of people that are in this industry for the wrong reasons. And that's what this documentary really shows. Yeah, it definitely explores the larger issue for sure. Yeah. Because most animal sanctuaries, you're not even coming in contact with the animals at all. No, you're not like playing with them or riding them or something stupid like that. Taking pictures with them and, and things like that. So Joe, over time, I think he, I think you kind of get obsessed with collecting too. I think there's like a level of like wanting to collect animals. Cause Joe yes. had like, it was all about having the most wildest, craziest species and the largest number. Like we've, we found out that there's sort of a competition among all these private zoo owners, which there's tons of them in the United yeah, States. 
There's a lot more than you think with each other. And they all think they're the, you know, the most perfect and doing it right. And or have the largest zoo, the best zoo. Mm -hmm. And so Joe really got obsessed with this mission of becoming the biggest, best zoo in the world, really. Mm -hmm. So he just started accumulating so many animals. Yeah. And over time, we found out that Joe is starting to breed tiger cubs. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why he ends up with like 200 some tigers is because he's breeding them. And so, you know, once they're only a tiger cub for so long and tiger cubs make for big profits for, for the zoo. Absolutely. Because you can bring people in and be like, oh, play with Especially little tiger cubs. if you cubs. have a liger or something really weird, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, you know, crossbreeding is a big issue as well. It goes wrong a lot of the time mm-hmm. with these exotic animals. Right. All for profit mm-hmm. and for being able to say that you have this type of animal here at your yeah. zoo and entice people to come and visit. Right. And it's expensive. I mm -hmm. mean, they said, I believe it was 10,000 per year per tiger to feed them. Mm -hmm. And And Joe was like, I could do it for 3,000. Oh, yeah. Right. Because, yeah, because Joe likes to get these Walmart trucks. They show (laughs) these clips of him emptying out Walmart trucks of like bologna and rotten meat, like all their expired shit. Yeah. And that's what he feeds the tigers and himself. He eats it too. And his, his, uh, disgusting. And his employees. Yeah. They all eat it. Well, did they're not doing it anymore, but well, that's a, that's a good point too, is that, is that it's, this is a whole full scale operation. Like Joe is the head of his zoo, but he has all these people that are really loyal to him Mm -hmm. and at the beginning seemed to really like Joe and enjoyed working at the zoo and in close proximity with these cats. But it seems like these people are just kind of like random misfits that end up working at yeah. the zoo. Like none of them are really experts or trained or, you know, someone that would be working at a credible sanctuary or real zoo. You know, the, a lot of them, like one guy was like, I just got out of prison and I checked Cra- Craigslist and I saw there was a listing to go work at the GW Zoo. And I was like, I've never done that before. So I signed up. And then before I knew it, I was doing tiger shows for tons of people like these are just regular ass dudes that are just running this janky zoo with hundreds of animals. Yeah, it's really it's really crazy. It's like the insane the video footage and there's just there's so much so many tigers in one cage and then they bring mm-hmm. and my whole thing is like how do you adequately care for these animals? Mm-hmm. And it seemed like at the beginning Joe yeah. was really passionate about the animals to mm-hmm. some extent and wanted to make sure that they were happy and fed. But at the same time, it's hard to really believe that that's what was happening because then as his zoo got more popular and, you know, more press and things like that, it seemed like it was more about the money and the image the and show. being the best image. in the show. Yeah. It's all about image for, for Joe. That's like all he cares about. Yeah. I mean, you can just go watch his YouTube channel and see that. Yeah. Like, it's all about Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe Exotic. Because that's where he came up with his name joe exotic for himself yeah and he even does like music videos this guy like, which you know what what that's not him singing in those music videos. i was gonna say there's no way no. that's his voice i'm like that voice is not coming out of that fucking man because he has like a chipmunk kind of voice yeah and then it's like this really deep country voice coming out like good like it sounds decent so he just lip syncs over someone else. yeah so he what the <laughs> he's t- a terrible lip syncer too yeah you know what the t with that is is that he so joe you know, he's got the zoo. He had a potential reality show. Remember, like oh, the producer yeah. came yeah, in the producers and on 
the documentary. And was like, you know, let's start a reality show about this because this could do really well. This is really good TV. There's mm-hmm. lots of drama. Mm-hmm. It's There's all this crazy stuff going on. He had tons of experience, so he helped him kind of put it together in an actual show with a theme song. Mm-hmm. So Joe cons these two artists. I forget their names, but he has gives them the material to write the song. So they write the song and perform it, and he says, once my reality show makes it big, then we will then you'll get paid. Oh and the reality show never turned into a reality. He never was able to sell the show to a network. Mm-mm. And so these people got completely ripped off and Joe made all these music videos and took credit for it and everything. And that's so funny. And it was never him singing. That's crazy. An- just another example of, yeah. and that's the thing is there's so many things that start unfolding that really ma- Joe starts showing his true character. Yes, for sure. Definitely. He's a pretty big liar. Now, the main thing in this documentary, the big point of focus is Joe's terrible relationship, or I guess, what are they? They're like enemies. Enemies, for sure. Mortal enemies. Feud. That's the right word. With Carol Baskin, who is an animal rescuer in a way. Yeah, I guess that's what she would like to be. That's what she calls herself. Animal advocate. And uh, she has a sanctuary called Big Cat Sanctuary. In Florida. Yeah, and I even, someone the other day told me like, oh, I was a big fan of Big Cat Sanctuary. Like, I have a magnet on my fridge and I just can't even believe what's coming out about her. Right. Because there's some tea when it comes to Carol Baskin. Oh, yeah. Well, her whole thing is that she is on a mission to shut down the private animal ownership and private zoos. And she doesn't think anybody should have these big cats and definitely not allowing people to yeah. touch them and, and yeah. have this like under the circumstances personal. that Joe is having them. She believes you can have them and she has her own sanctuary, but it's all rescue cats. Like she's very against breeding and she's against cages right. and she wants them to roam freely. But she talks a big game for what she actually does. Right. Yeah. She claimed to like rescue hundreds of, of cats, but then mm-hmm. they showed Joe went to her sanctuary and took a tour and he only saw like 12 animals there yeah they couldn't find any more than 12 which was weird he's like where are you keeping the rest of them because he accuses her of like having cages Mm -hmm. and of course these are all accusations from joe we don't know if any of this is true but he did take footage and it looked like the cages were like they did have uh small areas that the animals he did see were being kept in yeah and the grass was totally overgrown it looked like not maintained well it had dirty water for them to drink so his whole argument is she's just a fraud, that she just wants to be seen as this person who really cares about the, the cats animals when and it's really not about that for her. It's, it's She's a narcissist as well. Well, yeah, and especially when you learn about her history. Yeah. What's interesting is we end up learning that Carol has a history of private zoo ownership and owning wild animals because back before she had the sanctuary, her and her ex-husband... Don Lewis, who is a whole nother story in itself, they owned animals and she was very much involved in it to the same level that Joe is now. So it's very interesting and hypocritical. And that's why Joe hates her so much is that he knows that she was doing the same thing as him and feels like he knows her true intentions with this. And that's just to shut him down and shut down all the other private zoos for her own personal gain. He, Joe makes it very personal, 
his yeah. vendetta against Carol. Oh, he's very, very open about it. If you've seen the documentary, he at one point sends her a box of snakes in the mail. He, uh, yeah, makes his hatred several, is yeah, real. Yeah, he hates her. He like puts her head in a jar at one point, not her actual head, but he like prints out a picture of her head and puts it in a jar. And like, he's just, he is just really out there with his hate for her. Well, and, and the reason is because she's sending, you know, mm-hmm. people to come to his zoo yeah. to take footage. And she wants to shut him down. And right. he sees her as a threat. Exactly. And, you know, all these claims are being levied against him that he's abusing animals there and that they're not doing, you know, they're being cruel to to all these big cats that are mm-hmm. there. And so it's this whole feud of trying to shut each other down mm-hmm. is what's going on. So Joe, as time goes on, gets more and more brazen about his dislike for Carol. Yeah. And he starts making videos and gets to the point where he like shoots an inflatable. Yeah, he does. Do like that. a like I don't even know it looks like a sex doll or something that he pretends to be Carol like on his live show Mm -hmm. recorded and everything so he talks mad shit about her on his live streams he like weekly live streams Mm -hmm. so this turns into a whole thing and eventually Mm -hmm. leads to the true crime portion of this story when we get to the murder for hire plot which we'll talk about more in a little bit yeah this is like so confusing and hard to it, break it down is. so well, just bear with us while we try to like figure massive. out how to sort this out and what order to talk about everything in it's important to understand why the feud between them started in the first place and it's not just because joe owns a zoo and there's cruelty allegations being thrown around but one of the ways that joe made money and was able to fund his zoo was that he would get tiger cubs mm-hmm. or just big cat cubs and then he would go to malls he'd like go on tour with these cubs mm-hmm. And he would go visit all these malls and hold these experiences and like encounters for people. And he would make a ton of money that way. Yeah. Cause everyone wants to pet a little baby tiger. Right, yeah. People pay out the ass for that. Yeah, they really did. So he was making a ton of, so he was making a ton of money this way. And Carol, who has this big cat animal rescue is totally like an animal rights person who feels that this is not, a good way it's just wrong Mm -hmm. and so she she used to do it herself exactly but she goes out and starts having all of her followers because she really rode the first wave of social media and so she gained a lot of followers online she started making videos Mm -hmm. and facebook she's really popular i mean she ends up like a million plus followers across all of her platforms so she starts sending letters to all the malls that joe's taking these tiger cubs to telling them that this is wrong, they should not be participating in this, and that they should essentially cancel any events that Joe has with with showing tiger cubs. Mm -hmm. And then she has all of her followers email these malls as well. Shut them down. Forcing them to shut Joe down from doing this anymore. Because there should not be a baby tiger cub at the mall. No. It's just so unnatural. That's the thing. And, And one of the big arguments for this is like, is it okay to use animals for purely our entertainment? And for our own personal enjoyment. I mean, there is a big debate here. And I kind of do see both sides when people say that in-person experiences are the best way to educate. And that's what a lot of animal rights researchers actually do say. That in a good setting, it's good for kids to spend time with animals hands-on. But I see the other point, too, that it's just not natural. It's just not needed. And we should be teaching our youth to respect animals and not to touch them and to observe from far away unless they come up to you or... Or, I mean, even then, maybe you shouldn't even touch them at all. But you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, we should teach our children to have 
boundaries and respect when it comes to wildlife. Absolutely. And that kind of defeats that when you're just being like, oh, pick them up and play with them and roll around at the mall. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's, and that's Joe's whole point is like, this is educational and you'll never see someone care about an animal more than when they just spent time with them. And that's the perfect time to start telling them about the climate and their environments and why we need to protect them and there shouldn't be hunting and blah, 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 blah. And I do get that because obviously when you do spend time with an animal, you can bond with it and you can understand and want to protect them more. So I do see both sides. It's just, it's, there's too much jankiness going on and too much sketchiness. Like people aren't doing it the right way that it makes me feel like it should just be illegal period to right. do that type of thing. Well, one of the good points that's brought up is that Joe made a ton of money from this. He made 50,000 yes. up to 50,000 per gig right. that he did with these tire How cups. much are you? trying to educate and how much are you just trying to make money exactly and how much of that's actually benefiting the animal itself not and, and really what we're what we want to do with wildlife is we want to preserve them in the wild right. we want to protect their habitat we want to make sure they have a home in the wild right. and they're not going extinct in the wild so that mm -hmm. all these wild animals only exist in captivity at some and point of course we are in a predicament because we do have so many domesticated animals that we can't just throw back into the wild at this point so that's why sanctuaries that are running properly are so important right well there's a lot of reasons i mean there's mm -hmm. ex-circus animals there's all sorts right. of private yeah. pet owners that end up giving up yeah, so you can't that. take these animals that have been in no. these environments their whole life and put them back out in the wild they will but you can try to recreate they will die. the closest thing to that and that's a large space to roam and no cages right in a protected setting where yeah. I think it's important for animals to, especially wild animals, to be able to have those instincts and and do the things that they were meant to do the way that yes. they were, you know, created is that they they follow their own intentions. Like they're not reliant upon humans in the wild. So right. why are we making them extremely reliant on us in captivity? Mm -hmm. And what is that doing to the actual animal themselves and to all of them in captivity? It's it's not making the situation better. No. I mean, yes, it's allowing us to have a way to get up close and personal with them, but at what cost to the animal? Right. Because right. it's hard because animals can't talk. Like if we could sit there, because Joe, so one of the clips I thought was interesting is he had chimpanzees. Yeah. And he had them in a cage, essentially a mm -hmm. small environment. And he even said later on that he like felt bad that he had kept them in this small environment because i mean chimpanzees are super super smart mm -hmm. and very human-like and he said that once these chimpanzees left where he was keeping them and got to go to a an actual animal sanctuary where they could roam around and be open he said that it like broke his heart that he saw the chimpanzees hugging each other mm -hmm. like showing ha joy and happiness and be like we're so happy we're here now mm -hmm. and and i think i don't know i think at that moment it maybe make it even feel a certain way, but obviously all of these other, the money, mm -hmm. the money and the greed and the, the I, ego and being the most powerful zoo to owner. Him it was ego and power more than anything. Squashing yeah. my enemies. Yes. Being became more important than the actual mission education of wildlife or preservation of wildlife for sure. But Joe and Carol's feud just gets worse and worse and worse. They would just do things to piss each other off constantly. Carol would, target Joe online, creating an animal abuse hotline and a website featuring Joe zoo. Like Joe was like number one, most wanted on her, her website. And then Joe would go on his 
YouTube channel and his live show and just completely trash her and expose yeah. her. That was the big thing is exposing Carol Baskin mm -hmm. because her history is so cloudy and yeah. just crazy. Cause yeah, let's explain that when we get into her history and the big sort of bomb that gets dropped in the docuseries is when we talk about Carol and the fact that her husband goes missing mm -hmm. without a trace and Carol essentially inherits all of his estate Which and takes over his animal collection and everything else. Well, it sounds like to go back a little further, they were working together breeding tigers and selling exotic animals. And over the years she became, uh, and over the years she came to the point where she felt like it wasn't ethical anymore and didn't want to be part of it. And they were clashing because right. he wanted to make money and she wanted to go in more of an advocate um, direction. So, yeah, it seems like the whole thing is really sketchy because it happened a while ago. It's not like there's tons of information about this whole thing. No. But it seems her husband seriously just disappeared very, uh, like they weren't, it sounds like they weren't getting along too well at the time and things were, like tension was high. The circumstantial evidence points to the possibility that Carol may have done something to get rid of her husband, Don Lewis, and eliminate him from the situation so that she could do what she wanted to do with the zoo and his estate and everything. And well, you know. she had gotten violent with him multiple times. She right. had gotten physical. They had arguments that got to the point where she threatened to actually kill him. Mm -hmm. So he started thinking that she would. That so my it's life's not in like danger. this is just some random accusation out of nowhere. Cause of course this accusation really comes from none other than Joe exotic. And Joe specifically thinks that she killed her husband and then fed him to her tigers. Yeah, that's what Joe believes. And that's what he would preach to all of his followers and, and the yeah. internet was that she killed her accusation. husband. Yeah. So, and of course, we don't know if that's true. No, no. There's it's just no an allegation. There's no proof for that or anything. And Carol, when it comes to all this, says that he was she believes that he was flying to Costa Rica because they actually were, well, he wanted to move the whole sanctuary or whatever they were doing, the tiger business to Costa Rica. And he right. loved Costa Rica. He went there all the time and he had his own little private plane. So he would fly down there. And she says that something about the area in the Gulf that he's flying over, that it's like, you can't see it on radar. So he could have crashed and they never would have known. Mm-hmm. So that's what she says happened, that he crashed his plane in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's important to understand, like, what was his final as whereabouts and all that, too, because it's really sketchy as far as what Carol told us about mm -hmm. what that final time she saw him was like. So Don was last seen on August 18th, 1997, leaving his home in Tampa, Florida around 6 a.m. And according to Carol... She went to a nearby Albertson's grocery store three hours earlier at 3 a.m. to purchase milk byproducts for the cats. But her car reportedly broke down, and this is where she ran into her brother, who also happened to be a member of the sheriff's department. And another officer gave Carol a ride back home, and she reports that was the last time she saw Don around 6 a.m. and that he just left, and there has been no trace of him after that. And there's also the possibility she brought up or someone in the documentary said that maybe he just left for real mm -hmm. and he like just didn't want to be with her anymore. Just wanted to start a new life and took off. Right. Well, two days later, 
Don's white 1989 Dodge van was found 40 miles away from the big cat rescue and the keys to the van were found on the floor of the van, but there is no other evidence recovered from it. Uh-huh. So s- clearly either he went there or somebody took him okay, there yeah. in the van, then let just left the van. That's so weird. Well, she says the allegations are completely bogus and ridiculous and that she didn't do it, but yeah. Knows? And I think, yeah. And I think even in the docuseries, they said the van was at the airport after Don disappears. Carol then calls Don's handyman telling him that she needed to get something from Don's office. And then Carol and the handyman go into the office, cut the lock on the gate and the office, and then cut the water, power, and sewer. And reportedly, the two wills and two power of attorney documents of Don's were taken from the office that day. And then Carol then drafted a new power of attorney, giving her full power over Don's assets. And the document begins with, I, Jack Donald Lewis, appoint my attorney, in fact, to manage my affairs. Carol Lewis, my wife. This durable family power of attorney shall not be affected by any disability or disappearance. Wow. Who writes that in their Seriously? in their will or power of attorney? Yeah. My disappearance. What the hell? So this is all real and this is all sketchy. Unless he literally left and he True. She wrote maybe she wrote it though. But so. he, this is after she drafts up the new one. Mm-hmm. And on the new one it says that. Mm-hmm. So obviously this is very suspicious. So yeah. Super suspicious. And the actual Don's attorney actually said, I have in 37 years never seen it say disappearance in a power of attorney document. Mm. So, I mean, something is sketchy about that. And this is the reason why many people believed Carol killed her husband, Don, in order to take over all of his assets and all of his animals and do what she wanted to do because she clearly didn't want to go to Costa Rica with him. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if they're doing any type of investigation after this or if this has sparked. It has, actually. It has. The uh, police department in Florida is asking for new leads, and they're getting flooded with a bunch of oh new leads gosh. in this case. She's yeah. like, fuck. Yeah. So they're, it seems like they're going to continue looking into this because this has kind of like stirred up people's memories, I think, yeah. and people are starting to ride in with tips and stuff because there's obviously more to the story here. And like one of the theories was is that – she grinded up her husband in one of their meat grinders that they use oh, for, God. you know, the animals and Ew. then fed him to she the tigers. Yeah. And of course she's like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And how would I ever do this? But I'm pretty sure they DNA tested the meat grinder itself. And I don't think they found anything related to Don, but Ugh, that's so gross. But it is a possibility. Like if you own all these big cats, like that could be one way to dispose of somebody is could be, but it's like, it's just, I have this whole thing is icky because I just feel like there's no real evidence or proof. Right. There's it's not just mysterious circumstances around it. But is that proof that she <laughs> grinded him up and fed him to the tigers? No, no, no. So I don't know. It's weird. It'll be interesting to see what continues to come out of this. It sounds like a bunch of people are in hot water right now, including Doc Antle. Can we talk about Doc Antle for a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about Doc Antle. What a weird dude. Everyone in this documentary is such an interesting, odd person. Well, it's just anybody in this big cat trade, it seems like, are all kind of cuckoo a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many characters in this, but Doc Antel is, I mean, he's somebody that's still out there right now with his Myrtle Beach Safari Mm -hmm. in South Carolina. This docuseries really went into a lot of detail in explaining the whole 
private ownership, private zoo situation in, in America right now. And they brought Doc Antel into this because he was friends with Joe and Joe Exotic really looked up to Doc Antel because Doc Antel's kind of been doing this the longest, I think. And he's yeah. probably been the most successful. I think so. Like with- his facility is very advanced and fancy and mm-hmm. cert- he says it's certified by all, you know, legal requirements and yeah. he has a lot totally of, pride. this legal. guy's a major narcissist, like mm-hmm. so- thinks he is so cool and like oh, knows yeah. everything and what's his full name he goes by bhagavan bhagavan because he went to india yeah and was like awoken yeah yeah had and this transformation and also uh went to china and did some lessons learned and, eastern medicine yeah, or something so and got a degree there yeah. so he calls himself a doctor dr bhagavan antel and bhagavan means lord and he actually has his employees call him that, supposedly. Huh. So it's kind of cult-like. Right. Well, and that's what the documentary really kind of exposes is this culture that's very cult-like and that... And each facility has their own unique kind of culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because even Joe's yeah. has a very interesting dynamic there, too, where uh-huh. people are kind of scared of you. And they will do things and keep their mouth shut about a lot of things. And I think part of the reason why Joe Exotic had ex-cons and things like that is because he had to have dirt on other people Mm -hmm. so that he didn't have like people coming in there and like blowing the whistle on him on the things that were actually going on at his zoo. Totally. And Doc Antle operates a little bit differently, but his, his whole situation is I believe he's got multiple girlfriends or multiple wives or something like that going yeah. on that he hires mm-hmm. to live there. Yeah, he's a polygamist. And just like, they, no hate, whatever, do whatever you want. I don't right. give a fuck. But yeah, it's very cultish. Like that, that normally comes along with some very strange behaviors and controlling tendencies and abusive behavior. And it's so weird because I've followed this guy's son on social media for the last couple of years. And I like love watching his videos. Uh, it's Cody Antle. <laughs> I didn't know his last name was Antle. I was shook when I found that out, but I've been following this guy for so long and he does all these videos like bathing with chimpanzees and swimming in tigers and all of them are from the facility. So he's totally like taken after his dad and he's built quite a big social media following through doing that. Yeah. They all have huge social media followings. Yeah. They're all really into followings and showing off to animals and you wonder how much it's actually about the animals and how much it's about following and just a t- the animals are like a tool to these people or that's how it seems which they would totally deny that right and yeah to be fair he would say that the animals receive the utmost care there yes. they get the best food and uh, clearly a lot of money goes into uh-huh. it and when you look at the actual myrtle beach safari as a whole it does seem like they are running a, a tight operation there and that Better the animals are these other yeah, people. yeah the animals are in a good condition for the most part and yeah. But it's debatable because people, you know, will say that, you know, they have people come in and play with them and they do have cage time, I believe. Yeah, they do. Yeah. That's their whole thing is animal encounters. They charge you $600 to go on this wild animal encounter for an hour or something. Mm -hmm. The amount of money that they're generating there is insane. Like, Mm -hmm. and their tours are always booked uh, and people are visiting there and. Well, also the amount of money it takes to keep the place up and running. That's true. Right. They were breaking down how much it is just to feed one lion for one yeah. year. Isn't it like three grand per, per, 10, per tiger? Per tiger, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Per t- and he has like year. 200 
plus tigers. It's yeah. absurd. He's spending like well, almost Joe a million yeah. dollars. Yeah, Joe. I don't well, know how many Myrtle Beach. Yeah, has, that's but, true. But they they have a ton. They of have animals. a huge. It's not cheap amount. to feed them. All. It's not cheap. Like they have to charge people somehow to like get all this you know right. up and running to keep it going because it's a show also mm-hmm. you know and it's like what's the margins like how yeah. much are they making profit wise versus mm-hmm. how much of it is going back into the animal care is mm-hmm. it actually worth the prices that they're charging because most exotic animal experiences you pay out the ass for that kind of stuff yeah like to ride a dolphin or an elephant or something dumb yeah well and pay and a ton for that Doc's whole thing is that because we found out that the employees really don't make money from this, that they get yeah. to live there and, and do this job, but they don't actually make money and they work extremely long hours to take care of all yeah, these animals. 12 to 18 hours a day, six to seven days a week. They yeah. work nights, weekends and holidays taking care of all these animals and the pay isn't great. No. So Crazy. it makes you wonder, like, I mean, clearly well, people that work with animals do it because they love animals. Right. Well, that should be why you're doing it. Right. But Carol kind of made it a point that not only is Doc and Joe and all these people that own these private zoos, you know, not taking care of the animals the way they should be, but the people themselves that work for them are also enduring some form of abuse and because they are not being compensated fairly, they're not working Mm -hmm. the way that a a normal business would work. Mm -hmm. And Joe kind of threw that back into her face being like, well, Carol just does it under the, this disguise of being this animal nonprofit animal sanctuary where she gets all these volunteers to work for free for her. Mm-hmm. And when in the end, it seems like it's more about Carol than it is about the actual animals itself too. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of, she's a hypocrite in that way. Yeah. Well, Carol's a hypocrite in a lot of ways because I think the biggest thing about Carol, and this is kind of a tangent, but she has a ton of money. Like she has a huge estate from her ex. Like she's got millions of dollars yeah, she's loaded. Yeah, and she doesn't spend nearly enough on her sanctuary. Like, it doesn't seem like the money that people donate all goes back into it because the conditions would just be way better. And I'm not sure how they are now. What they showed in the documentary, though, was really below what I was expecting for her. Like, how highly she speaks of herself and her facility, it seemed like bullshit, really. Like, yeah, it really did because like, the enclosures the are going? very small. And yeah. If she really does have a hundred plus animals, what kind of conditions are they in? Yeah, where the hell and where are, are the rest are of them? Yeah, yeah, that was very weird when when uh, Joe actually went there and he rented a helicopter and like flew over it, trying to like take pictures of the property, try to figure out yeah, where these hundred other cats she claims lives. Yeah, but what does she have to say about that? She had no like rebuttal to that no, whole thing. No, like what? Maybe she thinks only twelve of them are you know, in good enough condition to see people or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, where are you keeping the rest? Why don't you just explain what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird. I'm sure she has an explanation somewhere on social media. I mean, they could have caught, cut it out of the documentary. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to remember that the docuseries has an agenda too, and and a certain message it's trying to convey. So it's, you know, you can only take so much from it. Mm-hmm. before you got to actually hear it from the actual person themselves and allow them the opportunity to, you know, sort of speak for, for themselves. Cause that's how doc is like doc posted a whole thing after this came out explaining yeah. like the, he was you, pissed. He was super pissed cause it he makes like, him yeah. look bad. I'm sure it's going to affect his business. Oh, it is it in a major is. way. Well, and, it, and it's already know. shut down right now because of the, yeah. the pandemic. So, well, yeah, cause of the pandemic, but they also got raided. They did, but he claims it was in reference to an an investigation 
of another zoo okay. that got shut down and he took animals well, from Well, we don't know. Right. Well, we don't know for sure. But they, uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. And that wasn't in the documentary because they were done with it by the time that that happened. That was December 2019. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if there's a part two or a movie or anything, that'll be in there. Right. Well, because the allegations that are floating around, the rumors floating around out there, it really comes back to the breeding of cubs and potentially euthanizing cubs after they grow up Mm -hmm. beyond that age that they can be used for these encounters for people to play with them. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you can't, nobody can sustain hundreds of tigers on their land. That's crazy. You need unlimited resources and food. Way more space. The food alone. Yeah. These tigers eat so much and they got to have meat. And they've got to have the lots of it. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You can't feed them hot dogs from Walmart. Like what yeah, the hell? Fucking I couldn't believe that when I saw I that I was like, disgusting. Wow. That, that's fucked up. I know. So with everything going on right now, it's made it very difficult to go to the post office. So what's great is that stamps.com is there to eliminate any trip to the post office you might need to make. Stamps.com brings all of the services of the U S postal service. And now UPS as well, right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home or office. So whether you're a small business sending invoices and online seller shipping out products, or you're just working from home and need to mail some stuff, stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Super easy to use, and you can use it at any point in time, 24 hours a day. You're not relying on those hours of the post office, and you can get postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail to anywhere you want to send. And once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier or a pickup with UPS if you need to, or drop it in the mailbox. So no human contact is required to use stamps.com. Not only that, you will save money with stamps.com. They give you discounts that you can't get anywhere else. So why not try it today? Right now, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in mile higher. That's stamps.com. Enter mile higher and stay safe, my friends. Other than your absolute best friends, who could bring you wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., and a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m.? Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever you can think of delivery. And in times like this, it's great to have a delivery service. And thank God for the people who are out there delivering. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is because Postmates will deliver anything right to you. You want a hot tub filled with champagne? Well, they can't bring you the hot tub, but they can bring you enough champagne to fill a hot tub. Download the app on iOS and Android for free and browse local restaurants, businesses, and track your delivery. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you whatever you want within the hour. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They are the largest on-demand network in the known universe with more than 25,000 partner merchants. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit in your first seven days. To start free deliveries, download the app right now and use the code MILEHIRE. That's code MILEHIRE for $100 of free delivery credit in your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Get anything you need, anytime you need it. Postmates that shit and save with code mile higher today. One of the things that the docuseries really showcased was sort of this rise to fame that Joe really sort of went through and how he kind of figured out ways to make himself more popular and gain more supporters so that he could sort of take the fight to Carol Baskin. Cause that's really what mm-hmm. the whole series and the whole story is about is the feud between Joe and Carol and wanting to take each other out So in order to do this, Joe really took it upon himself 
to take any opportunity they could because not only was his revenue getting cut because Carol was shutting down the mall visits and the Cubs and all of that. So Joe was approached by this producer to start his reality show like we had talked about where you know they were going to film everything and they literally did film everything. And this is how he sort of donned himself or named himself the Tiger King. He actually had them bring a throne into a tiger exhibit or a tiger enclosure that he could sit on for like the intro to his show. Totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to be this tiger King individual, which is just crazy. So I wanted to show this clip that shows Joe talking about how he's having to fight off all of these animal rights people. Cause then PETA got involved and PETA started like sending people undercover into the zoo because there's a lot of allegations of animal abuse here with Joe. And there's a lot, there's a lot of evidence of that as well. And, and Joe not treating the animals the way that they should be treated. And even worse, I mean, there's allegations of him euthanizing animals, just shooting them with a gun. I mean, he carried a revolver on him at all times because he made threats. Like if anybody tries to come shut down my zoo again, it's going to be another Waco, which if you know about that whole whole incident Mm -hmm. with Waco, that was extremely tragic, crazy, showdown with the government and law enforcement believe he said that shit when he said that that to a reporter yeah and the reporter's like whoa man it's like fucking crazy to say and that just really showed his state of mind yeah like joe he said a bunch of just off the wall shit really started losing his shit and this clip is an example of that i've been attacked by the crazy animal rights activists who want to do nothing but harm my animals i've been attacked by the crazy private owners who are nothing but jealous of this facility that we built. I've been on so many news stories around the world, hell, I can't even keep up anymore. Sometimes it's in a positive light, sometimes it's not. I, I don't worry about what the Humane Society or PETA has to say uh, about anything because A, they're not here, uh, B, they know nothing about our facility, and C, I, I really would rather not comment on an organization that killed 87% of the animals that they got their hands on last year while we work. Uh, 24-7 to rescue animals and give up everything in our lives to keep these animals alive. Every question was about animal rights people, and I will not do this again. That little clip is like a perfect explanation for Joey. He doesn't give a shit about any of his critics. He doesn't care about the animal rights people at all because he no. feels in his mind that he's doing great things for all these animals and that he's giving them the best possible life they can possibly have. And that all these people should just fuck off pretty much. Yeah. Okay, dude. So not only did Joe use the, this reality show, you know, to get him more followers and fame, but then he decided to get involved in politics Yeah. and run as Joe exotic. And he That's ran. Where I first heard of yeah, him. Yeah. So he actually ran for president in 2016 as Joe exotic. Imagine if we had him instead of Trump right now. <laughs> Oh, I know, right? It was a possibility at one point. Oh my God. It's kind of questionable whether or not he was actually running because he cared about politics or if he was just trying to, you know, grow more people to his platform and political leaders have followers and he's into that no matter what. So it didn't seem like like he was realistically thinking he was going to become president or anything. And he doesn't seem to care much about politics. Like he's not like a very political person. No, he's, he calls himself like a libertarian. Like he yeah. doesn't believe in government Yeah, he's just anti-government, all. yeah. So he was like, well, I'll run for president then. So here's his campaign video. It's pretty funny. I'm Joe Exotic and today this is not going out to any kind of a presidential candidate or any politician. The purpose of this video today 
He said, let you know who I am. First thing is, I am not cutting my hair. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. I've had two boyfriends most of my life. I currently got legally married, thank God. It's finally legal in America. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs through the younger years of my life. I am broke as shit. I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. But I can tell you, I paid a fine with the USDA, and that is nothing but a civil fine, ladies and gentlemen. That does not mean that I was accused or convicted of any kind of animal cruelty thing. I built one of the biggest facilities and the nicest facilities for exotic animals in this country as far as a private individual goes. I'm Joe Exotic, and don't forget, I am now stepping my foot in the ring to run for president. And this is all paid for by the committee of Joe Exotic Speaks for America. Hell yeah. No Look at way. that picture. <laughs> that eye ring is like about to fall off. Oh, man. Joe, Hanging Joe, Joe. Hanging on by a thread. Joe Exotic is really the right name for him. <laughs> he really is. He's a breed of his own, that's for sure. That was the really weirdest is. campaign thingy I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Some I'm so confused. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> so oh it doesn't God. seem like he was really like serious about politics or his no. campaign. It's just a way to get more eyes on him. He's like, look at how many people know about Trump now. Mm-hmm. Might as well try to get in on this. Well, attention. that video went viral and ended up on last week tonight with John Oliver. Oh, and John Oliver played it, it on air. Yes. And that's where we originally heard of him yep. was from that video. Okay, now I remember. And of course, that went really viral as well. So that really like boosted him yeah. and his YouTube channel because yeah. his YouTube channel's got millions and millions of views on it now. Uh-huh. And after the failed presidential campaign attempt, he went and actually ran for governor in 2018. Wow. And I think he came in like third place or something <laughs> for governor. Not much competition. But... I think all of it was to just try to gain exposure for him and his oh, zoo and, totally. and, you know, kind of doing it in spite of Carol as well. So this leads us to the main sort of plot to the whole story here. And that is the murder for hire plot mm-hmm. against Carol Baskin in that campaign video with Joe. He mentioned the judgment against him and that's because Carol legally went after Joe uh-huh. and entered in this huge court battle against him. And partly I think why he started doing all this was to help raise money for him clearly to yes. fight against it. And he actually ended up getting, gets in, and Joe actually ends up getting in trouble because he started using the money from the zoo for his political campaign and just not really thinking anything through at all. But Joe's feuding in court and the goal from Carol, and I mean, she doesn't say this is to essentially make Joe run out of money mm-hmm. to the point where he can't fight and he has, he loses and he gets shut down. That's the ultimate goal. And to stop all of the threats right. that Joe's putting out, out against Carol. Cause Carol, it says she's scared for her life and she's worried what's what Joe might do to her. And because Joe's constantly threatening her and saying that he's going to put a bullet in her. And uh-huh. like, he says some crazy, crazy he shit does. over the years and, uh-huh. and does crazy things on camera to intimidate shit. her yeah. and get Carol to stop going after him. But Carol never gives up the fight no. ever. And so this angers Joe to another level yeah. and all the employees attest that he was just kind of going insane yeah, he was starting to blame like every negative thing in his life on her. Mm-hmm. 
just the hatred. The hatred was real. And like on a daily basis, he would talk about how he wanted her dead and wanted like all he cared about at a certain point. Mm -hmm. She was ruining his life. Yeah, absolutely. And Joe's security guard, actually, because Joe had like security at his his zoo, rightfully so, because fuck, can you imagine somebody snuck in there and let all those tigers out? Seriously, that's that's terrifying. That's why it's alarming to me that you can even have that many that it's legal. Mm-hmm. Not insane that there's not like a limit to the number of big yeah. cats you can have. Like, what if something happens and they get let out, or there's like you know some you know shit hits the fan doomsday yeah. and people let them out, and it's just so dangerous. And it happened before. I think it was Fateville that they it had did. the guy intentionally let out all of his tigers onto the community. Yeah, and- he had a bunch of tigers secretly and let them all out. And the, I don't understand why they had to, but in the documentary they showed that they had to kill all of them. Like they didn't trank them or anything. They just. Well, all of these, it was horrifying. All these videos of just, you know, exotic, beautiful animals laying there dead mm -hmm. in the middle of whatever city this was. So stupid. And it really showed the consequence of of what could happen with these private zoos if they run out of money or the owner just decides to go crazy and and let them all out and go free. I don't even think that was a private zoo, though. That was just some dude who had a. Yeah, I think he just had a private ownership of a bunch of cats, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. And there's people that have that. But anyway, Joe starts talking about this idea of wanting to hire a hitman to kill Carol. And there's a lot of footage of him talking about it. And at the same time, Joe's running out of money at the zoo and he needs help in order to keep it running. Mm -hmm. He's like not able to afford to feed the tigers. The situation's getting really, really bad. And that's when an individual by the name Jeff Lowe comes into the picture and he claims to be, he's from Vegas and he claims to have all this money and he's, you know, he's involved in this whole big cat industry and everything. And what we learn is he, I mean, he's a felon, he's, he's been in prison and he's a professional con artist. Right. So he comes into the picture and sort of helps facilitate and hash this plan with Joe to have Carol killed. And completely taken out, which I don't understand how that really solves anything here at all. I know. I don't to know. To just eliminate her from the, the planet. Like, how does that help you or help your situation? You think the lawsuit's just going to stop or yeah, that? Like, that's just the way to silence her and deal with the problem. No. And he was clearly not in his right mind at all by no. this point because he, he thinks, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's kill Carol. Right. Well, and just like he's been through so much. Like, one of his partners, I think it's important mm-hmm. to mention that. We should mention this. One of his, I think it was his legal husband. He married him, Travis. Yes. Yeah. Because he, he's married to two yeah, guys at one he point. Was. There was like a double wedding. And yeah, it was weird. He had a couple yeah. husbands or, or boyfriends or whatever. And Travis was like this young guy that came and like got married to Joe and said he was like a prisoner there. And Joe, it's pretty clear Joe like abused him and just was like, using him for sex and it was very much about joe and not about travis and travis wasn't happy there to the point that travis one day just killed himself yep uh, and obviously that plays a huge huge just change in joe's life and his demeanor and he really loses his shit and imagine if he's saying all this crazy abusive stuff just on camera what he said behind the scenes oh and like i know what their so much we didn't see could have been like he's a total abuser well, and they total in the producer of the reality show. Oh, yeah, that leads. We got to talk about that incident too, right? With the alligator. Oh, oh, there's, there's so, so much. much. Oh my god! I know. 
This could this just go on and on. Seriously. And I know there's going to be so many things that are like, people, you forgot this, you forgot this, you forgot that. There's, it's impossible to cover it all. We need like three podcasts on this. Yeah. That's, That's why, why there a is a podcast. podcast on it that yeah, Wondery's but, doing. Yeah, let's mention this. There was a studio that they had or like a... His TV studio it? where they yeah. filmed the show. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, because he had so much footage. Like he, they were taking endless footage. He constantly had a cameraman on him like, film me do this, film me do that. And they just had tons of this footage to work with. And then suddenly... One day Joe goes in there and the whole thing is burned down and it's also attached to like an alligator. It's the same building. He's got like half of it is a studio. The other half is his alligator enclosure that has a bunch of alligators in it. Yeah. So he claims that an arsonist came in and lit the place on fire. And he, of course, he probably thinks it's Carol or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's what he tries to make it seem like that. Clearly some animal rights or probably not animal rights person, but Carol or or somebody that doesn't like him came in intentionally lit the entire building on fire, burn it to the ground really quickly because there was accelerant put in the actual building when the fire started. And And all the alligators were burned alive. And he had, there's this footage of him where he's like trying to say what happened, but they, they put in all of his outtakes and he's like, they were burning an incinerator of fire. Boiling. And he's like, Oh, never mind. Let me say that different. Uh, they were burned in a boiling, th- like he, d- it's not the weirdest thing. Like he was more concerned about how everyone saw this event than the actual event. He didn't seem that distressed that his alligators were just mm-hmm. murdered. And so the allegation is that he lit it himself and that he wanted to get rid of footage that was stored. Right. In Cause the producer area. of the reality show had all of his tapes or Tons hard drives stored him. in the studio area. And the, producer said that like if you guys saw the things that i captured yeah it would they would completely he would have been in so much more trouble than canceled. he already ended up in yeah yeah canceled <laughs> is right word. yeah canceled from everything and, yeah, so, and it all makes you that wonder, got destroyed there already is so much footage mm-hmm. like there's yeah, there so is. much so it definitely makes you wonder what is missing like we already have so many bad clips of him like there's one clip where he's laying in like a field with one of the tigers and the tiger starts getting pissed and starts fucking with him. And like, he's like, no, fuck you, fuck you. And he starts yeah, shooting at yeah. just the ground to scare the tiger, which mm-hmm. rallies the tiger up even more. And it becomes like a whole thing. He was just not dealing with animals, these animals in the proper way no. at all. And it seemed like there was a lot of that being captured. And he started over the years being like, fuck, this guy's got a lot of footage. A lot on of me. dirt on me for sure. And he was willing to let those, those animals burn alive along with all the footage. To save himself. Everything got to a point where it became clear that Joe cared more about himself. Yes. And making sure that his future Uh was okay and and what he wanted rather than what the animals wanted. Yeah. And there's allegations that he, you know, couldn't afford to feed them all and he had too many and he's breeding them. He was breeding tons by the end of tons of cubs. Um, totally overwhelmed. They just had like there was someone who worked there with all the smaller animals, all the young animals. And they were just like, it was insane. Like we constantly had baby tigers. It was like every day. And, um, you know, when they get older, they're eating a ton. It's a huge bill. Yeah. And so there's accusations against Joe that he could have killed some of them. Mm -hmm. There was someone heard shots fired in the middle of the night on his property. And there's tigers that are missing. And of course, Carol thinks that a lot of people think that. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked. I, well, Honestly, like realistically, it only makes sense that like, where did these tigers go? Like if you're breeding this many right. tigers, there's yeah, 
it you're doesn't gonna, add up. There's no way you can contain it this many animals up. in one one area. And that was his zoo. Uh-huh. So clearly they're doing something. Either they're selling them off illegally uh-huh. or they're yeah euthanizing. They're killing them in order to make room for more cubs. So it becomes this really fucked up operation. And again, that's just on. an allegation. Yeah. Joe denies all of this. All of this stuff is pretty much allegations. Yeah. But. Cause yeah. So back to the murder for hire plot, Jeff, this Jeff Lowe guy comes in and he starts, he essentially cons Joe into giving him the zoo ownership of the zoo. Yep. Because Jeff claims to have all this money and he's going to fix the zoo and he's going to save it. Because yeah, Joe's like way in over his head. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah, Joe's just mentally losing his shit, lost it. And he's talking about killing Carol and how do we kill Carol? And so they start sort of planning this assassination that's going to take place where they're going to hire a hitman to go down to Florida to kill Carol. And they go as far as Jeff Lowe's helping them look up the bike path that Carol rides down out right outside her sanctuary all the time and trying to figure out where would be the optimal place and then that's when they actually give money to alan glover who is a handyman for the zoo but works for jeff lowe specifically Mm -hmm. and this is all like a point of contention with joe because he claims that this is like all jeff lowe's idea and making and he really has not much involvement other than the fact that he's vocalized that he's wanted to kill carol and that he gave $3,000 to Alan to kill Carol. Well, sorry, dude. But legally, that means you paid for someone to murder someone else. And that is very illegal. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like, people want to give Joe a pass. There's, like, so many people that, like, want to get him out of this whole situation or think he was screwed over. And it's like, what? Like, well, I agree mm-hmm. that this whole situation was sketchy and that Jeff Lowe also should get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But what the hell? Like, he did this. Yeah. Well, and and in a way I understand why Joe sort of, or not sort of, he believes he was set up Yeah, because it is a setup. It seems like a lot of people think that I guess he is. He was, yeah, he got taken advantage of. He was mentally in a horrible, horrible place. I mean, he clearly did not even really know what was going on. That's true. He's, he's angry. He had a zoo just taken over because Jeff Lowe, fucks him over hard yeah, and completely doesn't follow through with any of his promises that he Karma's makes Joe. Bitch. Yeah, it is. He was really out there at murdering animals. I have like absolutely no sympathy mm-hmm. for him. Because I mean, this is a huge, huge amount of detail involved with this. And that's why it'd be a good idea to watch the series. But mm-hmm. in a nutshell, what happens is, is that the money's exchanged. Then the, the feds get tipped off. The FBI gets involved and, Essentially, Jeff Lowe and his business partners and Alan Glover all flip on Joe yeah. and tell the FBI everything. And, and the FBI is able to st- start making a case against Joe, not only for murder for hire, but for all these animal cruelty charges, uh-huh. like a bunch of just a bunch of different charges against him. Because the mission then becomes take Joe down. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens is that the hitman never even. We still don't know if he ever even went to Florida because the hitman himself says that he, he Alan Glover says he never was going to do it. I chickened out. And so I just took his money. Yeah. Yeah. They screwed him over, but it still doesn't make it any better that you paid someone. You had a financial exchange in order for them to murder someone else. Right. Like what? So Joe's whole argument is that the plan never got to even to a point where Carol 
would have been killed or anything because it so never made it give, that far. Why did he give him money then? Right. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't believe much that comes out of this dude's mouth. To be real. <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> but then like Doc Antel, who's like taking Joe's side, says, why would anybody hire a $3,000 hitman? Like that's like not even a thing. Right. If you're going to have a hitman do this and do it in a way that's, you know, completely secret, then that would cost way more yeah, than $3,000. Three That's Who would yeah. kill anyone for $3,000? Right. Like how stupid do you have to be to think that they were actually going to do it? Yeah. But like in, remember in the Jennifer Pan case, right? I was just thinking about that. She offered a really low amount. Yeah, a really low amount. A couple thousand for each of them. There was like three dudes that tried to do it. Like people will do dumb things. It doesn't mean that you're, you're innocent because it was a low amount. Like clearly he thought it was what they were actually charging him for that. Why else did he give him money? Yeah. And that's like, and that's he was the thing. low on cash, dude. So I, it, it makes was all no he sense. had. It makes no sense. I mean, it, that, it, that's all you need. There he just has to be to that murder for a higher plot mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. There's other people that should have been accountable too. It's not fair in that sense. There should have been more going down, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, but there's enough it, evidence. And he's such a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I know people are going to get mad at me for saying he's a piece of shit. I'm not, but like he is like, I don't know what they, what people want. Like he, he literally has done all this crazy shit. He says he threatens to kill someone constantly. You can't do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And karma catches up with you for treating hundreds of animals that way. And I personally think that if you murder an exotic animal, it is the equivalent of murdering a human, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so atrocious and it to all for your own benefit. I think he deserves it. Yeah. I don't have much sympathy for him. Well, yeah. And and the whole reason he gets caught is because Jeff Lowe and this other business partner, James Gerritsen, they get the FBI to, after it falls through with Alan and Alan's like, I've chickened out and that 3,001 falls apart. They partner with an undercover FBI agent who poses as another hitman, remember? And the fake, this fake hitman says, I'll do it for $10,000. And this is the actual evidence the FBI uses is because Joe says he'll purchase burner phones and a pistol from the black yeah, market for the hitman. He was going to do it. And he said he was willing to sell some tigers in order to get the money too. So all he has all these things that clearly lead. He wanted Carol dead period. He was going to do whatever he had to do to, to do it. He deserves what he went mad at him. that point. Yeah. He was just completely dead set on, on getting a hitman to kill Carol. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially how he gets caught is he, gives it right to the FBI, the undercover agent, and they build the case against him and eventually arrest Joe um, in Florida. And that's when he's actually indicted on all the charges and then they raid his zoo and they find a bunch of other violations that they put on him as well. So Joe gets ultimately charged with the murder for hire plot, shooting and killing five tigers in 2017 as well, because mm-hmm. during the raid on his zoo, they unearthed five tiger skeletons. Yeah. So dude was totally murdering tons of animals mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. He's such a fraud. And then the illegal sale of cubs. That's like the biggest mm-hmm. problem is the, the sale and breeding yeah. of cubs. It's like, it doesn't matter how likable or entertaining a person is. He's trash. That's how I feel about Joe. Yeah. I mean, just, that's the thing is like a lot of people want to give people passes based on their like personality. He's yeah, like so charismatic. Exactly. He's like, he's a likable, like he's yeah. got a likable personality. Part of the LGBT community. Right. Like he's this yeah. really like funny should, guy sings. He does like, yeah, he's likable. 
But that doesn't mean he's not a <laughs> shady piece of shit. Exactly. It doesn't excuse his actions no. or the decisions that he made. Yeah. And I just straight up murdering an exotic animal. You are trash and I have nothing else to say. Right. And the biggest telling thing too is like none of us have been with Joe when none yeah. of us have ever worked with him. And from the right. footage that I saw, he looked like an abusive yeah. human being. And most of the time he's on camera, he's acting a certain way. Like yeah. he knows he's on camera. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing and most telling thing for me, in my opinion, about this whole thing came when the trial came around, all of his employees Mm -hmm. testified against him pretty much. Joe had nobody Mm -hmm. by his side other than his new most recent husband was like the only person who stood by him through the trial. And all of his employees and zoo managers and everybody testified against him and attested that he was this abusive, cruel person. And he did do these really fucked up things that he claimed he didn't. And so Joe was ultimately found guilty on all 19 charges Mm -hmm. that he was charged with and sentenced to 22 years in prison for it, which is where he is now. He is serving his 22 year sentence. He's trying to appeal it and he believes it was a complete setup and of course he does. He doesn't understand why Jeff because Jeff Lowe, the hitman, and all these guys, Mm I believe we're given immunity for flipping on him and right. helping the feds build the case against Which Joe. isn't fair. No, I it's agree. not. That's not fair. And maybe they took advantage of his mental state knowing they were never going to do it or they're just going to take his money and run pretty much. But that doesn't make his, you know, involvement in crimes any, any less bad. No. And I mean, it got really bad. Here's, here's something that wasn't, um, seen in the Netflix series. The humane society did four month undercover operation in Joe's zoo in 2011 and what they reported is horrific. The investigator states that the tiger cubs were punched, hit with whips and dragged during training. Park staff were also instructed to lie about the tiger cubs ages due to the USDA regulations about excessive tiger cub handling. Mm -hmm. Tiger cubs eyes who weren't even open yet were reported to have been passed around by the guests of the zoo while they cried out in distress. So like newborn tigers Mm -hmm. that should be with their mother are being pulled and just given to people to to play with, essentially. And what if a kid goes and drops it and breaks its back? Or yeah. Some, it's just so irresponsible. Children were seen being bitten and scratched by tiger cubs. Toddlers and, and children were often placed inside enclosures with adult wolves and wolf hybrids. What the fuck? And then obviously not to mention the incident of, of one of Joe's employees getting their arm yeah. bitten off by a tiger. Yeah, and how weird was that whole thing? That whole thing was fucking crazy. This woman gets horribly attacked well she puts her arm through the enclosure yeah and he like which you're not supposed to do her off or her arm a whole arm yeah well at first it was the finger and then he like worked his way up but (laughs) either way that doesn't sound i know but she's in the hospital for like one day because she wants to get back out and show people that animals aren't aggressive and or something make a point so she she got right back to work the next day Mm -hmm. after she had her arm amputated Mm mm-hmm And that just, like, that's kind of a cultish mentality, don't you think? Yeah, she clearly wanted to protect Joe. She knew that if she came out and was like, oh, my God, this is a dangerous place to work, she definitely took Joe's side and, like, wanted to protect him. Imagine not quitting after that. Yeah. Can you imagine getting your arm, like, ripped off and then the next day you're there telling the news, oh, I'm happy to be back at work. I don't know. So stupid. I mean, I understand how some people are able to do that, but fuck. That's crazy. It's very, very odd. But back to the investigation, they also found 
that he had five endangered tigers, a bobcat, a baboon, six baby skunks, one adult skunk, five baby raccoons, a baby peacock, a goose, a groundhog, a rabbit, an iguana, and three federally protected hawks that died, one being placed in the dumpster while it was still alive. Oh, my God. And then there was a horrific scene in which a horse was shot five times, struggling greatly before finally dying and being fed to the big cats. Terrible. And according to the report, the zoo was under further investigation for the death of 23 tiger cubs in a 13-month span. So clearly, and, and I mean, the docu, uh, the docuseries didn't go into all these other investigations no. that, because in a way, it, I, I hate to say it, it kind of glorifies Joe Exotic it a does. little bit. I kinda, think it definitely And does. I think that's why people are like trying to take his yeah. side a little bit is because the docuseries I does kind of make him seem like he got screwed over and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he definitely did some bad things. But the docuseries really focused on the murder for hire plot, it seemed like, which in the end, there's definitely some weird, there's some sketchiness there, whether of it being a setup for him or not, but you can't excuse all of no. these wildlife this guy violations deserves to be in jail. Like mm-hmm. 22 years may not even be enough for his ass. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like people have come out of this. So like just swayed about Joe, like they just like him. So they, that's not how the world works. No, this guy's a shady, bad guy. No he deserves to be in jail. I feel really comfortable saying that. I know so many people are like saying we should try to get him out of jail and stuff. Why? I don't understand. No. Like celebrities. Cardi B for one is it yeah, was like we, let's start a GoFundMe for him or something like he that. He shall be free. What? The, why? why? Just because he he's a character. To be locked up. It's good. Wiz Khalifa. At the rate we're going, a lawyer going to take on Joe's case just for clout and really free the Tiger King. Why would we want to free an individual who? Like the way that I look at it and even Joe looks at it this way. He even says while he's in prison, I understand why it's so bad to keep animals in cages. And that's because it kills their soul. He literally says that. So that tells you right there. Well, there's karma right there. Right. Exactly. He he got what was coming to him. Mm -hmm. Karma catches up with you. And if it's one event that puts you in jail, like it doesn't excuse everything else. No, it doesn't. And I absolutely believe that animals have souls and they, they have some level of consciousness to them. And it varies, obviously, depending on the animal. But for a tiger like or a horse even to just be yeah. brutally murdered like that, yeah. I mean, it's no different it's not about the animals than a human being. Dude's a total poser, narcissist. They all are. All the people in this documentary are so scummy. I hope they all get taken down. And it's about the money. Yeah. It's about the money. It's about mm-hmm. the fame. Mm-hmm. And less about the actual animals themselves. 100%. So it it's a really crazy story. I mean, uh, that's a pretty good overview of everything that happens in, in yeah. the docuseries. There's still but, so much more that we could have gone over, but. And there's so much yet to be uncovered. I mm-hmm. mean, the, now this is really being put out there. I'm sure there'll be a lot more that comes out about what happened yeah. there. And, and well, Joe's. People want to know what happened to Jack Lewis, too. Or Don Lewis. Yeah, Don. His, his name is Jack Don right. Lewis, but. Yeah, everybody's wondering, did Carol really kill her husband? What do you think about that? I don't know. I don't know. There's no good evidence. I really don't feel comfortable saying someone killed their husband without yeah, like good yeah, evidence. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird. I'm glad they're weird. looking into it more. It's definitely suspicious for sure. It is. And is all she the, that evil? I don't know if she's that evil. I don't know. She doesn't come off that way, but at the same time, Something's I get I get very her. like I don't know, sneaky vibes from her. Like uh-huh. she she might not be saying everything that. That she and it, it's weird. Like one thing that I'll notice 
<coughs> sorry. One thing, one thing that I'll say is that Carol talked about the whole situation very weirdly. And it's hard to judge because it is a documentary. We don't know what was edited out. We don't know what else she said, but she didn't seem to have any like concern for him or didn't seem like sad about the whole no. situation or just like, it was very cold. And of course it's hard to judge someone's, you know, reaction when something to like something that like happens, that, yeah. but it was really suspicious for it's sure. Weird. It's very weird. It is. So there'll be more. Um, maybe we'll, you know, in the future, do some intro topics well, with who updates knows? if new things come out. Right. There could be new yeah. leads and this case could be solved. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. But but let us know your thoughts on Tiger King, the whole documentary, on Carol, on Doc, uh, Doc Antle, just this whole weird freak show that is Tiger King. Let us know what you think about it and your opinions. We want to hear from you. Cause this is just some, this is some crazy shit. I see why it's so popular. Like it is, it's, it's just insane. The craziest drama. It's a drama. Really? It's that's come out in a long time opera over years of time. And it really is. But at the end of the day, it's about the animals and, but it's not, that's the thing. Well, the documentary maybe is, but they said in the documentary, I think it's important to point out that none of the animals win in this whole situation, that they're spending all this money and time fighting each other. But None of it ever goes towards the animals or making their situation right. better. And they're they definitely didn't come out in no. a better situation. No, because a lot of these animals had to be rehomed. Like yeah. like we said, the a, a lot of them came to Colorado to mm-hmm. this rescue and out of that out of that zoo. But yeah, the zoo Thanks goes on today. Actually, yeah. Joe's old zoo is run by Jeff Lowe, and and yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, and hopefully, this just brought awareness to the whole issue of exotic animals being kept trafficking of, yeah. of wild mm-hmm. exotic and the animals. fact that we have more of them in captivity than we have in the wild right. is just outstanding. I don't think a lot of people know that. And there's a lot of shady characters outside of all these weirdos. Like this is drum up a ton of criticism at other people who are running these types of parks and how people are handling exotic animals and how many you should have. And, I think this was a really important documentary just for society to see as a whole. Cause I don't think a lot of people were educated on how bad this issue truly is. No, no, not at all. So if anything, I think it did create, you know, raise a lot of awareness around the issue, hopefully and people will take it way more seriously. And, and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I it was entertaining. It was entertaining from start to finish. Oh, it was absolutely. Yeah. So highly recommend watching it. If you haven't uh, watched it yet, we'll link it below for you. Absolutely. So you can take a look, but we'll go ahead and wrap it up there for today. Hopefully you found this episode of the Mile Higher Podcast interesting. I know yeah. we did. It was it was a lot of fun to talk about. It was. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I think it's about the animals, and you know, it's important to respect wild animals and absolutely and push for conservation for them. So we'll end it there. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe and stay woke. See you guys next time. <laughs>